mighty roar surrounds the stadium. Now he's digging deep. The crowd is roaring. Their hero is coming on. Will it be a fairy tale? Now it is cemented for Michael Diamond. And there in the middle, and the crowd erupts. Australia win. New world record. This is a famous victory. A magnificent performance. We have just broken the American stranglehold on this race. The roof is lifting off this stadium. The, the winner is, 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 is. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. G'day and welcome to Have A Go, the Special Olympics coverage of Tokyo 2020. Uh, today is the final day of competition for Tokyo 2020. My name is Dave Edwards and I'm joined by Dane Eldridge. Welcome, mate. We've made it. We've made it to the end of Tokyo. Uh, has it lived up to your expectations? Certainly has, mate. I mean, and uh, look, even though there's uh, one day of competition left, we are wrapping up today like a, a cocky sprinter pulling up early in a heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've got things to do, and unfortunately, uh, you're just going to have to make up your own mind on the closing ceremony. But uh, uh, look, it was. Uh, I think it's been uh, uh, more than adequate. Uh, despite the, uh, the the looming threat of COVID. Mm. Uh, we've got 16 or 17 gold medals, so it's been a success in my eyes. Absolutely, mate. And a big shout-out to Thomas Bark and the IOC boys, I think, for pressing ahead. It's obviously, you know, been a tough time for the events industry in general, but they have shown <laughs> that, you know, with a bit of determination and a good legal team, uh, anything can be done. So really demonstrating the Olympic spirit right there from the top down. As a not-for-profit organisation, need these sort of events to stay afloat. You know, they're just running on the smell of an oily rag, so (laughs) good on them for pushing through. Yeah. Okay. Let's move into the Aussie results, mate, because this is an Australian podcast. You obviously come here because you need the latest information as it comes to hand. So yesterday in the water, mate, we we did well. We got another gold. It was an unexpected gold, this time in the 1,000 metres double kayak. So Tom Green... And South African-born Jean van der Westhuizen. Uh, this is the first time Australia's won Olympic gold in the event in its 85-year history. Um, notable for that, of course, but also because after the victory, uh, Jean thanked God, which I mm. imagine drew the attention of the Blue Check Army on Twitter. It's good to see some religion back in Australian sport, isn't it, mate? Certainly is, and it was just good to see the big man um, get a get a shout out yeah. after a bit of a disastrous week. Um, you know, he had a bit on his plate with Brian Houston and whatnot, so it's nice for him to get a bit of a mention. And uh, look, this was a, an unexpected gold again, the mm. best type of gold, um, somewhat removed from our modus operandi of these games for for uh, securing minerals, and that's been. Uh, water and women. Okay, yep. so we basically it's either been on the water or it's been thanks to the girls. But um, uh, you know uh, these blokes were on the water, but they they were men, so um, it was unexpected. And look, you know <laughs> as the seas are the seas are rising and Australia's going to be underwater soon. Mm. So you know all these gold medals on the water that we're winning, um, it's going to uh, propel us into a new age. I think where we'll be a, a global superpower. That's right, completely mate. submerged, but a uh, global superpower. <laughs> completely amphibious as well. I think um, right. by thanking God, I, I'm a little bit worried about his prospects. I think he might have gone and blown a chance of getting a sponsorship with a tech company or an airline. But he, <laughs> yeah. um, what he's done there is actually indicative of a trend, I think, because last night as well, Nicola McDermott, uh, a high jumper from Gosford, your part, yep. uh, she won mm-hmm. silver. So she's picked up another medal, more minerals for Australia. Uh, yep. She is a, a big uh, exponent of religion. I'm not sure if you saw that, mm. mate. Um, she was actually writing in a journal during her event uh, which is obviously yep. good to see the younger generation using an analogue form of note-taking. 
But she was also, <laughs> after assessing each jump out of 10 in her notebook, she was also drawing a yellow Christian cross across the page. Right. So silver okay. medal, loves God. Has she just secured herself a liberal pre-selection? <laughs> I'd like to know what the IOC has to say about that. Is that some type of uh, political uh, stance that she's taking there? <laughs> uh, I'm not talking about the um, about drawing the cross. I'm just mean using a pen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, that's fantastic, isn't it, mate? It's funny how God only wants some of his um, exponents just to maybe just win silver. Like, yeah. you know, gold's probably a little bit too greedy, so I'll just give you the silver or the bronze today. But, you know, all power nonetheless. Yeah, I noticed also, mate, that she's the co-founder of a ministry group, Everlasting Crowns, with other international athletes. And now I need right. to see this list of athletes. Definitely. Uh, yeah, is that going to be available on the regular web or the dark web, I wonder? Um, <laughs> I'm not too sure. But being a local of mine up here, I'm uh, sure that I'm in deep, deep shit now. Yeah. Uh, and my house will probably be bombed in the coming hours. Yeah, Gosford is a big uh, heartland for, for religion and athletic religion, isn't it? Sure is, mate. They call it the Bible Belt up here, the uh, the regional Bible Belt, and um, you know we've uh, we've benefited from the big man's help a lot mm. up here, especially with this internet connection that we're speaking on today. <laughs> um, okay, mate. Let's move along. So the skateboarding that's brought some youthful energy to these Olympics, much needed, I think. Uh, it's been good to see thirteen-year-olds with braces competing on the world stage, uh, <laughs> and of course, Australia earned its first gold medal uh, a couple of days back now, thanks to eighteen-year-old Keegan Palmer. I mean, mate, the memes were running thick and fast with this bloke, weren't they? They certainly were, mate. Uh, Keegan, uh, you know, Keegan's a very, very skateboard name. Uh, mm. So a lot of people got their uh, got their full worth of that, didn't they, online? Um, but I saw that Keegan's also a San Diego-based kid. Right. He's got a bit of an American accent. Um, so it's another triumph for multicultural Australia, isn't it? Um, for us to, uh, you know, be banking gold medals from kids that don't even live here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't mind do one or the other, like, like either live overseas and have an Australian accent or live here, but sound like a sepo, but not both. You can't live in the U S and sound like a fucking American and win gold for Australia. I'm sorry. No, yeah, like, yeah, it's more SoCal than So West Rocks, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> but look, I mean, a great story that came out of this was that mum, mum said that, uh, well, Keegan's mum said that he was inspired at a young age with just a basic Kmart skateboard. Um, oh, yeah. And I think that just settles the debate on whether or not Kmart is an essential service in lockdown. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can't go and uh, get yourself some trucks and get inspired for gold, then what the fuck are we doing here? Um, and isn't that so just a shameless play for a, yeah, a Kmart endorsement by her? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. He'll be on, yeah. He'll be on ads by Close of Business today. He will be. He will be. Yeah. And rightly so, I think. So, yeah. mate, we, we've probably overperformed in the athletics if we're going to be, you know, honest to ourselves. We've got not just athletes making finals, but some are even getting medals. So let me go through some of these other field medals. Uh, Kelsey Lee Barber. She bronzed up in yep. the javelin. Um, yep. Actually, back to track, Ash Maloney in the decathlon, he took home bronze, mm. the first time an Australian has ever medaled in the decathlon. The decathlon obviously, you know, being, you know, a real, um, you know, a, a, an, an officiado's event, isn't it? It's It's Certainly got a bit is. of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the, the, the event of the common man, is it? And certainly not one that we would have budgeted for. And certainly not one that any uh, funding would have been put towards, I wouldn't think. So, so Ash has done this all mm. off his own bat. Uh, unfortunately, though, his achievement has been completely overshadowed by his teammate Cedric Dubler, who uh, went viral uh, as he urged him to victory in the, in mm. the final stages of the, of the uh, running section of that, of that event. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, I think that was the greatest display of the Anzac spirit since Gallipoli. What do you reckon? I think so, mate. Although I did, when I did see that, I, I immediately felt like, what's his name, Cedric? I felt like he made a very mm. calculated decision to try and make a moment. You know, the yep. commercial value of a heroic moment these days is so much greater than like yep. a forgettable 20th placing where you tried your best. Yes. You know, Optus isn't yep. building an advertising campaign around that. So he obviously Not knew where he was on the ladder and thought, look, I've got, I've got, you know, there's 800 metres to go. This is my last chance yep. at some corpies. I'm going to get out there <laughs> and I'm going to bark in this bloke's ear, get in the eye line of Australia, get in the eye line of the world. You know, there's billions yep. of people out there watching this. And he did a good job. So we now, we're now, you know, he'll be in high demand. Bloody oath. And I think it's shrewd on his part, isn't it? I mean, it, it's I'm not knocking a, it at all. Not at all. No, no. To be in the throes of competition and to have that kind of uh, that kind of intuition at that yeah. time to think, do I need to finish at the top of the, the list in this race or should I just try and go viral? Yeah. And I think um, it's kind of uh, is a modern spin on the Anzac spirit, isn't it? And if you think of like back in the war with... Yep. If uh, Simpson and his donkey were in the same position, that uh, you know the donkey now would have been more memorable, yeah. Uh, as he as he would have been barking in Simpson's ear, and he would have just got a heap of retweets. <laughs> yeah, that donkey. <laughs> I hope his relatives are, are basking in the glory of of, of his sacrifice. Definitely, um, mate. We love a good strong bloke and a good strong woman on the Have a Go podcast, yep. and you know we focused on Jian Fang Lei extensively, our table tennis yep. heroine. Uh, but I actually noticed that we had a 44-year-old mum of two, Sinead Diver, finishing the top yep. 10 of the women's marathon. I mean, that didn't mm. get too many headlines, but, you know, we do love a GSW in this podcast. That, that's a pretty fine achievement for mine. It certainly is, mate. Yeah, it didn't get the headlines it deserved, but I read in the aftermath. They never do, do they, the mums? They don't. And I think that's what that's a hallmark, isn't it? I mean, that's if you want to be a GSW, you've got to be in the column inches way out the back yeah. near the classifieds. If that at all, you might just you know, might get a, a, a an occasional write up in your regional paper, yeah. but that's about it. But I saw that that um, that Sinead said that she just took up marathon because she just thought she was good at it. Um, you know, just as she was doing it as a pastime, yeah. and now here she is as a uh, named as a GSW on the Have a Go podcast. It doesn't get much better than that. Absolutely not, mate. So just quickly, another earthy story that you might have missed. So Riley Day, uh, two hundred meter runner. You might remember her. She ran a PB. Uh, last yep. week, uh, she worked at Woolies to fund her yep. campaign while studying a business degree. So is this another Incredible. great example of how Australia is built on poker machines? <laughs> yes it's another incredible story isn't it mate and it just uh you know we were we were running the rule over early in the week for we what we thought was a bit of a, a planned profanity mm. maybe in conjunction with channel seven but you know anyone who's studying and stacking shelves they can do what the fuck they want in yeah. my eyes um and look I, again <laughs> as long as they take their mandatory 15 minute break every three hours that's right. Yep. Don't want, don't want to get the union involved, but uh, as, um, look, there's a brand partnership waiting there, Woolworths as well. I know yep. you guys love to uh, you love to pair up where it's uh, where it feels right for your brand, and I think Riley's right in the wheelhouse. Absolutely, mate. So something a little bit more disturbing. So Triathlon Australia, they're on notice, mate. I don't know if you saw yep. this, but we underperformed very badly. Uh, Hall of Fame triathlete Emma Carney wasn't happy. She's actually written to the sports minister urging a review into the administration and the coaching. So we're funding these people. You and I, mate, we're funding them. They're not delivering medals for us. What's doing? Mate, we love a culture review here here, uh, here at the Have A Go podcast, don't we? Mm. And it, I mean, it doesn't even need to be official. It just needs to have someone call for one. Mm. doesn't matter who it is. It could yeah. be a faceless avatar on Twitter. If there's a call for a culture review, we need one. Yep. 
And in this case, uh, Triathlon Australia is, is under the pump. Uh, look, in, in defence of our triathletes, I will say this, uh, Jacob Bertwistle in the male uh, men's triathlon, mm. he uh, fell afoul uh, of a botched start. I don't know if you saw it when they, they started the race, the swimming leg, and uh, a boat had crept halfway across the start and blocked a lot of the swimmers. Okay. So uh, it's uh, not like a, an errant boat to um, upset an Australian, is it? But um, <laughs> uh and then he was actually uh, had to do the whole of the race with a broken nose because he got kicked in the face when he was swimming as well. So, you know, maybe he would have been better if we had a HIA system yeah. in, um, in the triathlon. But, um, yeah, look, uh, look, in saying that, we need a root and branch and rev- a root, root and branch review of triathlon right now. Yeah, and I think the first item at the top of that review should be, like, where are the Ironman competitions on free-to-air television now? So I remember growing up, and that was on every Saturday before, you know, the cricket or the footy. We used to see yep. these athletes in convenient time slots. They were featured in Nutrigrain ads. Where did they go? I think you have to go to a streaming site now if you want to watch Iron Man. That's not right. Yeah, they used to be household names, didn't, didn't they? they? The, only, you, the only person you see is you know, Lisa Curry-Kenny's on the front of Woman's Day. That's the mm. only, only time I see my Iron Man or yep. women. So maybe there's something in that. And how long is Woman's Day going to be around? I mean, have they moved completely to online yet? I'm not sure. It's all going online yeah. now. They need to just get back <laughs> on the front pages of traditional media on convenient time slots in free-to-air broadcasts. That's the only way triathlons going to you know, get back into our hearts, I think. Exactly. With steadily placed advertising breaks of three minutes, no more, no less. Okay. Uh, We'll wrap up the Australian headlines with uh, the Boomers. So our Aussie Boomers, the men's basketball team, they did get their bronze in the end, mate. We did get a medal, first time ever, I think, in basketball uh, for the men. So that was last night versus Slovenia. So obviously we got punted out against the US uh, in the semis, as we have actually in a number of other team sports as well. So, you know, the Matildas went down. We might have a bit on Trump yep. later uh, regarding if the fallout from this, from there, our bronze medal. But, I mean, yep. great to get a medal, but we were kind of at the, um, you know, at the mercy of the US, really. We certainly are, mate, and it's the, it's the way it's supposed to be in the special relationship. I'm pretty sure it's written into the treaty that yeah. uh, we get regularly cucked by them in any type of yep. sporting pursuit. But how wonderful was it to see the Boomers uh, finally break their duck? I think it's uh, since 1956 they've right. been in every games and finished fourth a number of times. Yep. Uh, and you know what, mate, in these times when uh, Australia's craving a national sporting team it can be proud of, you know, like, you know, the cricket team's had its woes, rugby league, yep. no one cares about that. No. Socceroos are kind of on the way up, but, you know, I don't think they've grabbed the entire attention of Australia yet. But outside the, you know, AFL All-Australian team, that we don't really have much that we can be proud of, do we? So look at the boomers, mate. There's not a cultural review within Cooey of this team. Yeah. They're a bunch of likeable lads. And, you know, I don't think I'd be alone in saying that Paddy Mills should be named Australian of the Year next year. Have a go. Spotlight on Tokyo, real stories straight from the scene of the 32nd Olympiad. The billion-dollar Japan National Stadium will linger fondly in the hearts and minds of locals for decades to come, including construction worker Haruki, responsible for waterproofing this new state-of-the-art facility. Japan National Stadium will remain forevermore a token of national triumph, not only as a visual keepsake of Tokyo's finest moment, but because economists predict we will be paying it off until somewhere near the end of time. 
Trust me, you should see the bathrooms. They look like they're from the block or some shit. token of appreciation to the city of Tokyo, Olympic officials will transfer the stadium's daily running costs to ratepayers immediately after the closing ceremony. And despite costing 750000 per day to run for eternity, while also in the middle of a pandemic, I have no reason to distrust our politicians when they say, this construction has secured our future. It's way better than a hospital or a new Westfield. Spotlight on Tokyo. Precision planning. Keeping appointments. Honouring deadlines. The International Olympic Committee's President, Thomas Bach, has agreed to a proposal of a postponement for about a year. Attending five-star junkets, board meetings, inducting new members. The motion, titled The Desirability or Otherwise of Women Being Entitled to Membership of the Club, required a 75% vote to pass, but after a record turnout by members yesterday, it was voted down overwhelmingly. If you're a wealthy white man who sits on the board of an exclusive, allegedly non-profit organisation, you need a quality timepiece. COI Chronometer, the unofficial, unsanctioned timepiece of Tokyo 2020. The hottest product of the summer for men. Les Stallions. Put it on. Wear it. Feel good. Unofficial tinea cream of the Tokyo Olympics. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. talked about the kookaburras they went down to belgium in the gold medal game but they're in a bit of hot water now for slipping out for a couple of cases of asahi after that so yeah i'm not sure if you saw this but um basically they popped out of the village which you're not allowed to do they spent 20 minutes outside there and they bought some beer at a convenience store and they didn't interact with anyone outside the village they were wearing masks but of course this was against the rules um i mean is it forgivable they took home silver well, it is forgivable, mate, because yeah, the AIC has already forgiven it. Uh, it's, a, it's an open and shut case for okay. um, for the chef de Michon and and, and Coetzee. They've said, you know, look, we don't approve of this behaviour. You know, there's uh, mm-hmm. coronavirus lurking at every corner in the city of Tokyo, but they won silver, okay. and uh, so so you know, uh, COVID uh, sees silver and identifies silver and knows not to touch those with silver. Yeah. Uh, so I think you know, and was, of course, mate, it was a couple of slabs of Asahi. So you know, while in Rome, etc. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think it's okay. And good strong blokes as well going out and getting it themselves. I mean, why didn't someone else organise it for them? Why do they have to go yeah. out and get it? Uh, uh, does, uh, does Tokyo have a Jimmy Brings? Like, I don't why think they, they do. Get... Yeah, okay. So, yeah, look, you know, they'll paint it into a corner. What else are they going to do? I don't know, mate. Um, <laughs> let's move into Trump. I talked about Trump earlier. So Trump is back when it comes to yes. woke. He hates, he hates the woke. 
Really not a fan mm. of them. So, I mean, we talked the other day about how he said that wokeism makes you lose. He doubled down mm. on that when the US women's soccer team won bronze instead of gold. He did. So let mm. me read a statement that he issued to reporters. He said, Woke means you lose. Everything that is woke goes bad, and our soccer team certainly has. There were, however, a few Patriots standing. Unfortunately, they need more than that than, than that respecting our country and national anthem. They should replace the wokesters with Patriots and start winning again. The woman with the purple hair played terribly and spends too much time <laughs> thinking about radical left politics and not doing her job, he said as he finished off his rant. <laughs> I mean, the bloke's been reduced to issuing statements to reporters. When are they going to give him his mm. socials back? I, I think it's just a matter of time, isn't it? I mean, it's just a bloody headache for all involved. Yeah. You know, like, uh, we thought we were doing the right thing, getting him off Twitter, you know, stopping him spreading all of his, uh, his, his hot BS. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just become a rod for everyone's back, hasn't it? And, um, you know, I guess what he was saying anyway about, I think it uh, names Megan Rapinoe yes. or Raponi. Yeah. Um, the one with the purple hair <laughs> in quotes. Yeah. Um, Maybe she just needs to be more like Craig Foster. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, just wait until retirement. Um, you know, instead of, you know, if you're standing at, on the penalty spot about to take a kick for your country and you're thinking about, you know, gender yeah. pronouns or something, you know, that's, you're probably going about it the wrong way. In, you know, in saying that, it's a good cause, but you might not want to mix the two. Mm. So, mate, we talked about how the IOC was looking into Chinese athletes wearing Mao badges on the podium. Have they done anything on this? <laughs> I haven't actually been checking whether they followed up on it. No, of course not, mate. No, it's, uh, they've forgotten all about it, to be honest. Okay. Uh, no one's talking about it. Um, China's sitting pretty atop the, the medal table, right up the top. So, you know, what, what's, the, what's the matter? You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll, t- we'll, we'll just say just don't do it again in three years' time. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? So, mm. yeah, I think, I think that should be fine. And I think, look, the, the IOC's um, kind of thrown everyone off the scent by letting athletes profit from socials now. I'm not sure if you read that, mate. Um, Basically, you know, the, the Olympics have been a, an absolute um, ring of steel when it comes to keeping out athletes uh, making a dime, haven't it? Yeah. Hasn't it in, in the past? But they're letting, um, letting them now, uh, you know, post basically for money during the Olympics. Can't use any of the Olympics IP though. Um, oh, okay. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just your own face. And I don't think you can even use text, to be honest. But um, <laughs> They're mellowing a bit, the aren't Olymp- they? They really are. I mean, I've kind of said it here and there throughout the series, but they're letting their guard mm. down a bit. They're, they're opening up a bit. Are they becoming more yeah. human, the IOC? Well, it feels like that. But, you know, in a vacuum, it feels like that. But in the, when you apply it relatively, uh, they're still the, the harsh taskmasters of, of IP, aren't they? they I are. mean, I even think when the Olympics die, which it inevitably will, they won't even be allowed to inscribe its own tombstone with its own name, yeah. I don't think. No. Yeah, I think it'll just have a message on there that says, this death may not be reproduced or retransmitted in any form without express written consent of the IOC, right. which is now wound up. Wound up. Okay. Well, yeah. that's, that's comforting to know. I mean, you should always protect yeah. your brand at all costs and at all times. <laughs> uh, mate, let's move into the medal tally now. We're nearly at the end of the series. We're nearly at the end of the Olympics. So it's time to see where we stack up against the other yep. nations. So as we speak, we're sixth on the medal tally. We've unfortunately been overtaken by Great Britain and Rock, the Russian Olympic yep. Committee. Um, sixth, is that a good return? Obviously, we need to you know, be reflecting now or at the end of the Olympics. Are we happy with sixth? I think if you were offered sixth at the start of the tournament that you would have uh, bitten the hand off that was offering it to you, wouldn't you? But, uh, I mean, coming from where we were, I think we were. if this was footy, we were in the box seat for a top four position, weren't we? Yeah. Two bites at the cherry, but we just faded a bit late. So, 
Uh, finishing sixth, there's nothing to sneeze at there. And, and basically, if this, again, was the footy, we'd be playing Germany in, the, in an elimination final at the G next Saturday. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good outcome. All right. Good to see Japan finishing up pretty high on the table, though. Where did they end up? Uh, they're in the top four, top I think, four. weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's not too bad. You know, home, hometown Harry, of course. They yeah. Probably been a handful Do you reckon of that's going to be enough for them? I mean, they obviously didn't get any of the economic benefits of the Olympics. Mm, um, mm. Do well, you think it'll be, getting... um, it'll be, yeah, sorry, it'll be gauged by the uh, upcoming elections, won't it, mate? It will uh, be. With uh, Prime Minister Sugar is uh, basically putting his whole legacy on the line here. Is gold going to get him over the line? And we'll be uh, very interested onlookers as those uh, <laughs> that polling takes place. We will be. We definitely will be. Um, <laughs> let's look at what's coming up. So this is the final day of competition, as I said. I think the marathon, the men's marathon is on today. I mean, mate, I don't know why they end with the race that takes the longest time. Like, why isn't the last rate race the 100-meter sprint? I mean, that is peak Olympics for me. Why aren't they just edging towards that? Because that's all, you know, 50% of the world cares mostly about that race, I feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like a good good, uh, good teaser, isn't it, on reality TV? You just keep the viewers hanging on yeah. until the end, until the big reveal. But, yeah, look, I think... It's a bit of a weird one, and there's always watching the marathon as you try and just scrape up the last dregs of the Olympics as as the event's starting to close. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a grim come down, isn't it? Is it something that they Australia... did in like 1896 and they just haven't changed it? I'd say so, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, yeah then you know, they should never change, change it because you should never change anything that was there initially. <laughs> um, okay, so closing ceremony tonight, mate. Um, yep. I'll be watching. I'm sure you will be as well. Matt Belcher, he's been named yep. our flag bearer. Is he the only bloke yep. left in the village? How did he get the gig? <laughs> I, th- I think so, mate. Look, I mean, not to devalue this guy. He's been fantastic. He's been at three Olympics. He's won a couple of golds, of a silver. He's done a fantastic job, but it does have the feel of a bit of a Clayton's pick, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, everyone else has competed, caught their SARS COVID-19 and headed home, and there's um, there's no one else really left. It's, it would have been him or Coatsy, I'd say. Uh, so, um, yeah, and Coatsy would have put his name forward too, no doubt oh, about definitely. that. Oh, so, definitely. Would have loved to um, see it. But it's a fantastic, uh, a fantastic uh, uh, thing to put on your resume, isn't it? Uh, I uh, bore the flag at the No Fun Games, mm. um, and it's something that he'll take to the grave. Mm. No, I'm sure employers, when he comes back and starts applying for jobs, will look favourably upon that on his CV. <laughs> Probably have it at the top of the list for his list of yeah, institu- education institutions and work work history. <laughs> um, mate, the Paralympics. Let's not forget those. They are starting on August twenty four. So you can listen back to our episode with Kurt Fernley, who gave us all the yes. list of Australian athletes to watch there. So don't forget those. August twenty four. There's the opportunity for more gold, more minerals, more hope and happiness for us as a nation. But I yep. guess now that we're here at the end of the series, mate, the end of the Olympics. I mean, you and I have invested a lot of time and energy in the Olympics. I mean, were these the best games ever for yours? I mean, the expectations were very low going in, but it had a bit of everything, didn't it? It certainly did. And look, were they the best? Ken Oath they were, mate. And it's because we're winning and we feel good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to quantify my emotions. I just feel good. So they're the best games ever. Yeah. Uh, look, but I mean, like you said, we're going to need, need the sands of time to decide, uh, you know, how, how they will be judged in, in history. Let's just wait for the resulting fifth wave of COVID to make a full assessment. Yep. Um, and, you know, just one thing I took away from this, mate, why were our athletes so likeable? 
in these games. They, they just, I don't think there was a bad one amongst the bunch, except for a couple of rugby boys on the plane home, but even that was just a bit of larrikinism, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything that, this... all the bad, like the, yeah, the things like acting up a little bit on the, on the limited amount of alcohol that you could find, wasn't really that bad, <laughs> was it? In the spectrum of bad boys. And we have covered bad boys on this series before. You can, you can catch that episode. I mean, think about the, you know, the likes of Nick Darcy, you know, crushing a teammate in the face on selection night. <laughs> I mean, that was true bad boy behaviour, but there hasn't been anything even approaching that nature in this Olympics. Just, you know, celebration of each other. You know, there's been great yep. camaraderie, great feel. Is it because of the lack of alcohol in the village? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's so. It's directly related well. to the lack of alcohol, I think. It, it completely 100%. If you take alcohol away, um, it just makes everyone nice, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, so a temperance a movement reflection. is in order for Australia as a nation, would yep. you say? Prohibition by the close of business today, I'd okay. say, mate, uh, no doubt about it. But I also think, you know, all these guys in lockdown as well in the village, did it give them a, like a detention centre kind of feel? Did it give them some perspective perhaps? You um, could do. Not, yeah, I'm not too sure, mate. But look, like we always say, mate, it's just going to be an absolute bottleneck for the corpies yeah. uh, when they get back, isn't there? There's just going to be so many options for the, for the uh, companies to choose from. It's just going to be a wonderful time. Yeah. And it's just good to know that one section of society won't be suffering economically in these COVID times once they return. Well, I just hope that COVID does kind of ease up by the time they get back so they can attend these bricks and mortar boots on ground corpies. Because, <laughs> you know, as I said earlier, the events industry is under threat. Probably less mm-hmm. functions at this moment, less um, yep. you know dollars pouring into these you know sponsorships for for lucrative uh, sportsmen's lunches. So, yep. I can only hope that COVID dissipates by the time they get home, so they can cash in lucratively. Um, Bloody oath, mate. So also really hard to enforce Chatham House rules online. Uh, I think that's just yeah. going to be a real problem as well. So. Look, I, I think it would be a figuring large in Gladys's mind, at least in Sydney, about lifting lockdown yep. is just for those bricks and mortar corpies. Yeah, I, I actually haven't looked up what the kind of arrangements are planned for when they do get out of um, out of their quarantine. I mean, mm. we've talked ad nauseum about ticker tape parades being a wonderful thing for people to walk down during their lunch breaks and catch a glimpse of our returning athletes, those national heroes. But... Mm. I just want to look at the schedule. I'd like to know when we can go out and celebrate them physically because I'm going to need to see and feel and touch those athletes, I think. Yes, 100%. I mean, it's just going to feel uh, unfinished. There'll be no closure until we, the public, get our pound of flesh out of this. Uh, you know, this wasn't a, this was a, not just a, a small team effort of 400 odd athletes in Tokyo, mate. This is a nation. Yes. Uh, I don't mind saying that at all, that you and me by doing this podcast have played quite a large role along with the rest of the country mm. in getting this team to 17 golds. Yeah. And, uh, until we get our ticker tape parade, COVID or no COVID, uh, it won't feel right. Yeah. hundred percent, mate. So let's look at the winners. <laughs> there's always winners. There's always losers. Who would you say the biggest winners of these Olympics have been? Uh, probably the real estate agents, mate. Uh, with uh, Again, with our stunning success on the water, it's just going to further intensify the clamour uh, of people towards yep. the coast, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, you know, and look, thank God this country's going underwater because there's going to just be – the property bubble's just going to be out of control with people um, you know, moving outwards, trying to get their little patch of water so they can take up their kayaking or their you know, slalom canoeing or whatnot. Yep. So, you know, uh, Gavin Rubenstein, Rain and Horn et al., congratulations. Uh, commission is going to go through the roof for you guys. Yeah. All thanks to the No Fun Games. 
Yes, I would agree with that, mate. Um, I'd also say Coatsy was a big winner of the games. I mean, he had a big win before the games even started um, mm. with Brisbane 2032. So he was obviously coasting on that. And probably on a, just enormous adrenaline rush the whole way through. A huge winner from these games. Yeah. And another one I'd say maybe Gina Reinhart. You know, yes. funding our swimmers, <laughs> getting in our eye line. You know, prime time ads for for Hancock prospecting. Yeah, you know, really, really kind of uh, showing her strength, reminding us who's boss. Dawn yeah. Fraser as well. I mean, she had some negative headlines oh, yeah. a couple of years ago, but she's back in favour. I feel yep, with the Australian public. Um, yep. So there are some. Of course, the IOC as well. I mean, they showed a human side to them that I'd never seen before. So humanising our Olympic officials. Just the fact that the games went ahead. Full credit yep. to those white blokes, mate. They did a job. It's good to see the old white blokes just finally get their time in the sun, isn't it, to be honest? Yeah. And uh, doesn't the, the sound of a, um, a, a of a Dawn Fraser-John Coates joint ticket in some kind of Senate push just sound good? <laughs> I think that's got a ring to it. But we'll see what happens in the coming days, mate. But, yeah, look, um, plenty of winners out of these games. Plenty of winners. Yeah. Well, what about losers? So any any who are the biggest losers out of these Olympics? Would you say? Well, mate, it's, I don't want to. I don't want to put a, a shadow over these Olympics at the moment. We've still got a day of competition to go, mm. you know, and they've been a stunning success. But I think I'm just keen to see how Japan fare out of this. I mean, like we yeah. expected, they've run a super tight games, haven't they? Like they've had a lot of adversity come their way. Yeah, you know, they've had a they've had bloody COVID. They've had a heat wave. They had a typhoon. You know, they had to deal with our rugby players and they've come out of it cherry ripe, haven't they? But, um, you know, while all we've got at the moment, we've got a lot of feel good factor. There's a lot of dead heats to keep all the athletes happy. You know, can the afterglow, you know, and the white elephants keep Japan happy and sustain this as, as a success? I'm not too sure, mate. Basically because nothing will ever top Sydney in my mind. Yeah. Uh, and they know and, that. Uh, the Japanese know yeah. that. I've been there. I've asked them. They've told me, you know, <laughs> we'll never get to what Sydney was. We'll never do it. Yeah, and that's what we measure our Olympics in, mate, don't we? So, you know, time will tell, but it's a, it's a, look, it's an almost impossible standard to reach. Mate, I was actually um, riding with my son through Lilyfield on my bike yesterday and I saw a huge Sydney 2000 flag, like enormous one, like probably 10 metres by 10 metres being draped out of a, an apartment block, really okay. dirty and old, and it was, but it was just such a reminder to me. And we just celebrate and love it. We'll we'll never forget those Olympics, how good they were, how good we felt. I mean, if Tokyo 2020 only comes, you know, a small percentage of the the, the goodwill that we felt during then, then I think it's done a Mm. job for all of us. Well said, mate. Well said. You're right. You know, that's a, it's a, the large pie of buzz that we generated in Sydney was something that will never be reached and uh, other cities can only dream of that. And uh, to have even a small smidgen of that buzz is a success. Content blocked by the International Olympic Committee on copyright grounds. Content blocked again. Fuck, lads, get a license. Tokyo! Yeah!